stepping further in. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hi, Amy. Today we're going to talk about how do you know you're hearing from God? It's a question I've been getting from people a lot lately. Sometimes we think we've heard one thing from God and then someone told me he spoke something different in the morning than he spoke in the afternoon. And so, well, that's probably not God then because he's not fickle. But this is just such a good topic, hey, that we need to dig into because I'm sure many of our listeners are also wondering, how do I know if I've heard from God? Oh, yeah, because there's a lot of different voices. There's Mm -hmm. God, there's our own, there's the enemy. And how do we differentiate between them? Yeah, and if we don't know how to do this well, we're going to take our, you know, hunger pains in the afternoon affecting our brain and thinking, man, God's talking to me when it's not God at all. Just need some food. Yep. (laughs) So it's funny and it's true. And so let's just dig into some of the things that become an issue for people. So there's a whole school of thought that says... God spoke in the Bible. Everything I need to know to hear from God is in the Bible. And if you think you're hearing something else, you're deceived. Mm. So did you have a chapter and verse that told us the guy that you're supposed to marry? No, I didn't. (laughs) Was God's will involved in that? Yes. So spoiler alert, this is not the theology that we ascribe to. Yeah, here at Further Up and Further In, we believe that God speaks to us dynamically in the present, and there's ways we can know whether it's actually God or not. So we're going to dig into that. One of my favorite verses about God talking to me, I'm just going to start off with, is from Isaiah 30. And uh, you could start in verse 19 because it's awesome there, but going right to the point because we don't have a lot of time. Verse 21 says, Your ears will hear him right behind you, and a voice will say, This is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. And I love this. Now, does this mean God's going to speak to me all the time in an audible voice? No, I have had that happen to me once in my life where I heard a voice and there was no one around and I know that it was God speaking to me. But the implication in this verse that it's so intimate, that he is right there, so close by my ear, whispering. So one of the first things we should cover is probably how does God speak to us Mm. in conjunction with his word? So Amy, what are some of the ways you've heard God speak to you? I think I've heard him speak through other people. Mm-hmm. In community, people say things that line up with scripture that are God's words for me. And so that can be like a prophetic voice. And it can also just be someone else's sharing with us in wisdom and understanding. And we just get this impression like, wow, this is actually how God is giving me wisdom mm-hmm. on this I believe also that God speaks to us through all our senses. So we can hear an audible voice, but I also get uh, just a sense of peace and clarity that I've come to recognize. This is God showing me what he wants me to know. He speaks through dreams. Yeah. And I mean, right. And we see that all through scripture is he is a God of dreams. He gives dreams, Old Testament, New Testament, dreams and visions. And why would he stop now? Right. Because he's the same yesterday, today and forever. So yeah, I really firmly believe that he speaks in dreams. Yeah, and I'm thinking of how he speaks to us through all our senses. This is a a funny little story, and I have a few stories in my pocket like this, but one, a friend of mine, her her son was having terrible night terrors and dreams, and she decided, because for her this was a bit of a stretch, she decided she would just go in her room and speak in the name of Jesus every tormenting thing, go now and let my son sleep. She was like on her last nerve and thought she'd try this radical thing. And she watched her son. He just suddenly relaxed and he smiled. He was about five years old and he said, I can smell Jesus. And he went right to sleep. Mm. And she thought this was the craziest thing, but she was just moved to tears because the evidence was so real. And I thought, well, why wouldn't God speak his presence to this little boy through smell? 
when that's something meaningful to him. And since then, I've had several other people have an experience of encountering God and suddenly smelling an odor that they didn't recognize before. So I think God speaks to us with all our senses. We can have impressions of pictures. We can have a sense of smell. We can hear things, even feel a sense of comfort in our body. So God speaks to us in lots and lots of ways. So when I'm asking God for wisdom on a decision, I ask him to speak to me. And I know that I can have expectation without agenda. Mm -hmm. So that's something we say a lot, expectation without agenda. How is God going to show me what he wants? For me, Amy, often I have this knowing that God is speaking to me when I very first wake up in the morning. When I first wake up in the morning, my brain isn't so engaged yet that I can't hear what God is saying. Those thoughts that come to me then, I will then say, okay, Lord, is this you talking to me? And then there's some ways we can know. We can know. Does this thing that I believe he's speaking to me line up with the word of God? Because the Bible is the foundation. Yeah. If that is the thing that we can check, right? Because there is that, the tension of, okay, what if, okay, I'm hearing God, but if it doesn't match up with scripture, that is actually not God. Right. Everything has to be checked against scripture. The unchangeable knowing foundation anchor is, is this God speaking to me? Mm. So I'm going to pick something radical and silly. If I believe, um, you know, say for instance, and this is not true, please hear me loud and clear, that if I was having a struggle in my marriage and this other guy was around who was really nice and kind and thoughtful, and I'm like, Lord, do you want me to leave my husband for this guy? The answer is no. Even if I have a feeling that I should, because our emotions can tell us all kinds of things that aren't true. So we need an anchor outside of just our emotions. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Psalm sixteen seven says, I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Mm. That's one of those verses for me that says, yeah, God's going to talk to me. And it's often in that night and waking space. So if I believe he said something to me, I always compare it to the word of God. If what I'm sensing he's telling me is in contradiction to the word of God, probably 100% no. But the word of God also didn't say anywhere you should marry Brian. So we all have these decisions we need to make. Or, Lord, should I go talk to somebody today about this? Should I confront somebody? There's all kinds of day-to-day decisions where we totally need the Spirit of God to guide us. So there are scriptures that will help us. And, you know, some of our listeners might be like, I don't know that much of the Bible. Well, that's okay. But ask God to teach you and show you and bring you into community. Because you talked about community being so important. And that's my second proof. A witness or a sense of rightness from wise people. Mm -hmm. So making a major decision, moving, say I was going to take on a mortgage in a new house, I'd be like, God, tell me, I need your wisdom on this. Now, scripture actually does have wisdom in it on borrowing money and knowing what we can trust God to provide us for. So there would be things there that would be somewhat helpful. But then I would also go to the people in my community that have wisdom and just say, could you pray about this decision with me and see if the Lord gives you any wisdom? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think you've done that on some some major decisions. Asked people to pray for you. Mm-hmm. And, and I, yeah, and actually, I didn't I didn't tell them what the decision was. It was a hey, I'm there's a big decision coming up. Can you just pray and see if Jesus has any pictures or any words or anything? Right, like totally unbiased because it did involve people. And what was so interesting for me in that case is people came back and they had really clear pictures that I have no doubt were from God, but actually didn't guide me one way or the other. It was more of a thing of the sense was no matter what you choose, God is in it and he will be with you. And you knew that was from God, that he was giving you that permission at that time that you get to pick. Yeah. Yeah. And how did that turn out? Turned out good. 
Yeah, it turned out well. My third thing is that we can always ask God for confirmation. Mm. And that's actually a principle that's in Scripture in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. When God gave the law, He said never convict anybody without two or three witnesses. So that was an Old Testament thing, that there would be two or three witnesses to anything. And then it's quoted again in the New Testament. It's really interesting. It's in the story of uh, Peter and Cornelius. Do you know the story where it's in Acts 10? Peter is at the home of a Gentile, and he is waiting to eat, and he it says he falls into a trance. Maybe he fell asleep. We don't know. He was obviously really hungry, and the um, he had a dream that this sheet was let down from heaven with all these animals in it that Jews were not allowed to eat, and a voice said, eat it. Don't say there's anything unclean. Now, for us, Amy, this would be like someone us having a dream that directly said, don't do what God's word has said. It's so ingrained in his culture that you cannot eat these animals. Such a radical thing that there's no way that Peter would wake up and think this was from God. But then Acts tells us he heard, he had the same vision three times. And it's obviously so important when you think of how many limited pages we have in our Bible, how many things got included. Scripture records that he has the dream three times, and then when he explains what God said to him to his Jewish brothers who are thinking he's going to hell in a handbasket now because he's eaten forbidden food, it says again, and I had this vision three times. So God was confirming to him that, yeah, this is indeed me speaking. And Paul quotes it in 2 Corinthians 13. He says, the facts of every case must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. So I believe I have a scriptural foundation when I'm a big decision to make. God, I need confirmation. And I actually wait for it. And it will come to me in multiple ways. I, and I think I tell in my red shoe story how three different people had a picture or dream of me wearing red shoes. And they were three different geographical locations, three different times over a span of three months. And from the first time I knew that someone shared that picture with me of me putting on these shoes that I thought were too big, I knew God was calling me into vocational pastoral ministry. But this was still such a terrifying thing to me and such a thing I felt unworthy of or incapable of. I was just like, God, I need your confirmation. And it was crazy to me that three people, three different locations, three different times would have the exact same picture. And I think God is so good that he wants us to know that he's speaking to us. So Mm -hmm. he'll do that. We can count on him. We ask him, God, I need confirmation about this. Now in the small day-to-day things, is God, you know, Lord, I think I should go have a conversation with Amy about this thing that happened last week. But I don't know, should I? I might not get three confirmations between... 10 a.m. when I have the idea and 2 p.m. when I'm going to see you. And I think there's also an aspect of, I remember a book, I can't quite remember which one, but it was talking about how in our walk with God, that there's a maturity that comes. And yeah, we definitely need to be in connection and conversation and communication with God, but we also have common sense and knowing. That's right. Where, you know, as parents... Right now, yeah, I want my kids to be like, hey, can I get a snack? Can I do this? But man, when they're 18 and they're still coming to me saying, hey, is it okay if I have a snack right now? We would have failed as a parent (laughs) if that was still going on, right? And I think some of that's, the book was talking about, I think it was maybe Chris Valadin was saying, man, there's a maturity that God trusts us with little decisions. That if we're walking with him and leaning into him, that we don't need to at every decision be like, okay, Jesus, what, what should I do? if we're leaning into that. But yeah, the big decisions and the significant ones, but we don't, okay, should I go to IGA today or should I go to co-op, God? Tell me which one. Yeah, 
<laughs> that there's a maturing there that we know and yeah. we can trust that we're in community with Jesus enough. And you will know. And actually, that's not just a funny question. Should I go to IGA or yeah. co-op? Because you're going to bump into different people there and God yeah. will have an assignment for you. And the maturity that you're walking in with God, you want to actually show up where he is. Not that we have to check in with God on every mm-hmm. little detailed decision. But the knowing the gentle nudges could actually mean something. Yeah. And to follow through with them. And if it's not, doesn't seem significant at the end of the day, no big deal. Plus, you don't always know what God has done mm-hmm. everywhere you show up. Now, one of the things, the scenarios somebody was talking to me about was exactly like I had said, you know, should I go and confront Amy about this thing this afternoon? Well, in the morning, they had peace that God wanted them to do it. In the afternoon, no peace. Well, you can only imagine the number of voices that could be having a vote on this decision. And in that case, uh, what I felt was a good question to ask her was, what's your motivation in this confrontation? Mm, Yeah. Was it driven by a desire to bring redemption and restoration to your relationship or a desire to give her a little smackdown and have a chance to vent your frustration. So checking motive Mm -hmm. could clear things up. And also the voice of fear. Oh my goodness, I have seen this so many times where someone said to me, I just think God is saying not to do this. And all I can sense is fear is having a bigger voice than God today. Mm -hmm. So we need to know that, again, like you said earlier in this episode, the voice of the enemy is also present. Mm -hmm. And some of that, Amy, I believe we're just going to unravel as we let God minister freedom in our lives. So I know fears had a big voice in my life. I can think back to a decision I made this summer. I was 22. And I went on a, a short mission trip with my pastor and his wife. And I could have gone further on with them or I could go home at this one point. And they really wanted me to come. And I kind of think probably God wanted me to as well. But fear had a bigger voice. And now at this stage, I recognize how I would have told the difference between fear and God. But at that point, I didn't have the capacity. And for a long time, I looked back on that and just thought, what if, you know, my life could have turned out completely different depending on who I encountered on that trip. I had these huge, terrifying what if thoughts. And that was just, again, actually another vote of fear. Mm -hmm. Because what if, and I missed God. God is so big and he is so kind. And scripture tells us he's like a father teaching his children. My children have permission to mess up and still be restored. And I'm not God. Mm -hmm. God is so passionate about us and the journey that he has us on. He's going to help us. So my picture always is learning how to walk. When my children learned how to walk, did they fall over? All the time. Was it a big deal? Nope. There was space for them to learn. I didn't send them out on a journey by themselves before they were ready. In the learning stages, they got to wobble and fall. So every day you get to try to say, Lord, I want your wisdom today. Teach me how to walk in your ways. Mm -hmm. And some days you'll get it and some days you won't. Mm -hmm. I did uh, some training and they talked about hearing just the different voices. Mm -hmm. And they gave some actually really good um, tips or awarenesses of, hey, this might be times where the enemy has more of a say, which I thought was really helpful. One of the, it was an acronym of HALT. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And we added a ha-ha HALT. Hormonal, (laughs) hungry, angry, or tired. Lonely or tired. Sorry, yes. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. That those are times that we're just, our defenses are a little bit down. That the enemy sees the cracks. Yeah, and there's other things that have a voice. Yeah. Just our physical bodies have an impact Mm -hmm. on us. Right? Another thing they said is, 
if we're hearing a lot of you, the pronoun you should, you are, that that's an indication that that might be the enemy actually speaking to us. And how would you know that? I mean, anytime there's accusation, right? You're so stupid. Or you should have done this. Or I can't believe you. How could have you, right? Anytime there's the you and it's accusing, God does not accuse. He convicts. But man, it's like in such a, I mean, it's powerful. Yes. But not in a condemning, you suck sort of way. But in a, hey, let's clean this up. I'm bringing this into the light to clean up. And that's something we know clearly from scripture. The nature of Satan is Mm -hmm. to accuse. The nature of God is to bring conviction. And conviction always brings healing and restoration. Mm -hmm. And another thing that they kind of gave a tip for, which I think is important, is they call it stolen victory, where it is, man, we have a mountaintop encounter with God, something that is so powerful, a deliverance, uh, encounter with his love, baptism of the Holy Spirit, something that is one of those mountaintop, oh my goodness, this was God, that often the enemy will come right behind and try and steal it. Oh no, that wasn't actually God. You didn't actually get healed. That nothing has actually changed. That he tries to steal the victory of what we just experienced. And so it's one of those things where it's, man, we are not going to be intimidated. We're not going to be frightened. We're not going to be overwhelmed. But to be aware of the schemes of the enemy, I think is actually really helpful as we're learning to process, how do we hear from God? And are we hearing from God? So I hope these are just some little tidbits that help our listeners. This is obviously, there's many books written on hearing from God. This is just a a conversation about the ways that God does actually speak to us. God cares about the details of our lives. That's in scripture as well. He absolutely cares. And he's a good father who wants to give us wisdom. He wants to give us direction. There's also scriptures that say that sometimes something is hidden from us for a while. And so I think we need to acknowledge that hearing from God isn't like a slot machine. Hmm. I pop in my prayer and say, today I need this, and then tootle off. But that a lot of this hearing from God is through intimate relationship with God. Mm -hmm. That as we know Him, as we know His nature, as we know His character, as we walk in community with other people, we're going to know His voice just like we know our friend's voice. You know, just like I can hear your voice in my head sometimes, Amy, because we hang out a lot together and I know what Amy would say about this situation, this scenario. Mm -hmm. These things where I have a weakness that you have a strength. I sometimes hear your voice in my head. In the same way we can know our Father, Father God, and as we know his nature, we'll know what he has to say about a situation. So I would like to bless our listeners that as they're yearning and seeking to go further up and further in with God, that they would hear an invitation in this that's exciting, that's not fearful or intimidating, but to know that as you're pursuing God and seeking him in relationship, you're going to come to know his voice in beautiful ways that are powerful and comforting. So we bless our listeners to go further up and further in. 